With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 chance. All right, you'll hear a little bit from Oilers head coach Dave Tippett later this half hour. Uh, as for the Eskimos getting ready to face Calgary, Greg Ellingson, receiver not expected to play. Kevin Elliott will draw in. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders have traded Zach Kalaros to Toronto for a conditional fourth-round pick in 2020. Joined in studio by Eskimo center David Beard and by guard Travis Bond. Though I know we were talking earlier about your uh, versatility with, <laughs> with positions, off offensive linemen. All right, uh, this texter says, uh, your one guest said he cooks a lot. What does he cook? What food does he eat most? Mm. Well, I'll open that up to both of you guys. The food, food, there's no better topic than food and offensive linemen. So. Uh, I do homemade mac and cheese from scratch, sweet potato yams. Oh, man, let me tell you something. Uh, some cornbread, fried cornbread, chicken, any type of chicken you want. Uh, but I barbecue my chicken, and I make my own barbecue sauce. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Even, like, during the season? Oh, yes. Like, they seen it, and some of the guys, all, every time I cook, the guys always come over, eat. Beard hasn't came over yet. I, uh. He's antisocial. <laughs> and so, you so like, sure got to get that figured out. Come in a little closer to the mic there, David, so we can sure. hear you better. And so, I don't know. I, I just cook a lot of soul food. Uh, burgers, hot dogs, sausages with the cheese in the middle. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. All right, I can cook up some stuff. All right. What about you, Beard? Uh, you know, it's all assortment thing. The one thing I've really learned uh, being married for four years uh, is uh, whatever the wife he cooks is always on point. Always so, excellent. Yeah. Uh, but, no, if I had to pick a, a certain food group, um, we uh, my, my family likes to hunt, and so we, we got a lot of wild game that we kind of cycle through, so be it roasts or steaks or that kind of stuff. Now, do you enjoy hunting yourself? I do, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's definitely a... Uh, what do you like mind. to hunt? Uh, just getting into archery hunting this year, mm-hmm. um, or bow hunting, but uh, I've been rifle hunting for 10 years of my life, so um, got a white tail this last fall, and got a bison the winter before so yeah we're 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 up that alley for sure so travis does that interest you it does i've just never been hunting before but i do own guns i do got my license it's different in canada because you guys can't have like guns and stuff but we can in the states isn't that a good thing though that we're a little less gunny oh i'm gunny. <laughs> i don't know if i want to oh, no. bring you guys in necessarily <laughs> to talk about that but you know it is one difference between the countries oh yeah That's very true. different <laughs> so uh, there's a story here that, that Blake Dermott uh, tells about Hector Pothier, who's a Eskimos offensive mm-hmm. lineman from their five great cups in a row days. Mm-hmm. Hector's still in the city here. He's been on the show a couple times. Really nice guy. And uh, there's a, a legendary story that the offense had a meeting. And Hector Pothier weighed himself before the meeting. During the meeting, he ate a, one of the sandwiches from the Italian center 
and a two liter of Coke, and he gained four pounds in an hour. Does that sound like something you guys would like to do as offense? Yeah, we love that thing. It's the heavy hitter. It's so good. That sounds like a good time. Uh, Tim Hortons is like our best friend in the morning sometimes. Yeah. But, but I will say this. The, the offensive lineman with, with the, the gut who's just a bit of a bulldozer. I mean, you guys are, are, are big guys. You're tall. But I mean, you're 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 pretty lean. You're not just these not immobile sloppy. objects, yeah. right? You're not you're there not you sloppy go. big. Thank yeah. you, David. Thank there you. you. <laughs> I'm gonna get you guys t-shirts made. Not sloppy big. Yeah, let's do go. it. Let's do it. <laughs> but do you feel as linemen, you can be a little more liberal with the caloric intake, or is that would that not fly? Absolutely. I mean, like we we gotta we, we gotta we spend a lot of calories, and I think. I don't know. Maybe somebody could correct me if I'm wrong, but as as big guys, we we spend a lot of calories, and honestly, we we just it's enough of a job in and of itself, just trying to get enough calories to replace what we're, we're what we're burning. So it's um it's kind of a green light in terms of getting everything that we need. So okay, so what's well, what's the what's the more important for meal for you guys, the day of the game or the night before the game? Night before. night before. And what do you eat? Steak. Steak? Oh, you do have steak night before the game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I eat steak now, but a couple of years ago, no. So it's not pasta then? Yeah, we have our regular spots. We like we like to go to the keg before the we game. We love the keg. Do you guys go out as an offense or as offensive linemen? Offensive line. Sometimes the quarterbacks show up. Yeah, sometimes quarterbacks. Periodically, we'll see some running and backs. And they too. have to buy, I assume? <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> all the time. We've got a couple opportunities, <laughs> but uh, no charge looked after us, but we're. Uh, we, we got our pretty M or whatever, so we, we got to make sure that we're putting good food in our bodies before the game, and we like to do that too. All right, I'm going to say, uh, to lead into this next question, which I think is an interesting one for, for fans, I'm going to say something that will probably make you mad, but I say it often on this show, that quarterback's the most important position on the field. Okay, you can heckle me now. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not true. It's a, it's, a very important, it's a very important position. It is. It's it true. Is, it is. Yeah. So was there... Is it a transition to go from Mike Riley to Trevor Harris? And I'm not asking this to critique either guy. I'm not mm-hmm. saying, oh, this guy's good at this, this, but it's different personalities. He's the guy speaking to you every single play. Mm-hmm. He's the guy you're protecting. So were there things you had to adjust to, adapt to, things like that? Well, not really, because I feel like if you're a professional quarterback, you're a natural-born leader. Okay. And uh, every quarterback I ever played with professionally, you can just see the natural leadership that they all have. You know, every guy's different. No one is going to be the same. You know, like Trevor and Mike, you can still get that vocal in their voice. Like, you want to follow guys like that. No matter what people might say about them, but <clears throat> they're good guys. And they want to win the game. And that's what we're here for is to win the game. I can respect guys that takes that leadership and, and we can follow in that right direction. <coughs> who, who was it that got, did the big uh, leaping spike after the touchdown in BC? Colin oh, Kelly. Yeah. Colin <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> did you... Because that, that is cool sometimes, a running back or a Uh-oh, what's, what's going on? <laughs> no, we're just getting a good chuckle. It was, it was a great spike. He did a great phenomenal Did you job. know he was going to go to that extent with it? Hey, if people don't remember, I can't remember which touchdown it was. Because I know there's a couple games you didn't have a lot of touchdowns, but you got a lot in BC. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that's, so that that's was good. the truth, yeah. Uh, yeah. He did the big, full leap, yes, slam dunk, spike, throw it as hard as he can. Into the, did you know that was his, that was his plan? No, it was impromptu. But yeah. you can see it now. Like every time we score, now one of us spike the ball. It's kind of like a thing trending in the room now. Yeah. Now you guys yeah. all want your chance. Oh, Are you gonna yeah. choreograph anything? Uh, not like Colin. We can't let our secrets <laughs> out. We can't let our secrets out. <laughs> 
Vic says my son TJ uh, played one year with David at the Swoboda. U of A. That is how I got to know David. I'm excited to see his playing career taking off. Say hi for me. That is, yeah, Vic. Hey, Vic, good to hear from Who you. Who also says the O line, the O line, most important. Just saying, no O line, no QB. He dead. <laughs> if there was no O line at all. Like, they just didn't line up with an O-line. That, that wouldn't be smart. That wouldn't, that be, wouldn't good. be very good. Oh, no. And uh, Gary and Colt Lake, we will close it off with this. Hey, guys, thanks for coming to Reed's show. Now kick butt on Saturday. For sure, my guy. Appreciate it. <laughs> David Beard, Travis Bond, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, not uh, not to talk to me, but to talk to Eskimos fans for sure. directly. This was really oh, cool. Yeah. And for sure, all the best against Calgary. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Back after the break. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Well, that was a lot of fun. Two members of the Edmonton Eskimos offensive line, Travis Bond and David Beard, were in studio. Big thanks to them. Thanks to Cliff with the Edmonton Eskimos for getting them to come in as well as they gear up for the Stampeders on Saturday. Speaking of the Stamps, we will have a member of their team on the show. He is scheduled to join us tomorrow night. That is defensive back Trey Roberson, who is the grandson of Eskimos legend Larry Highbaugh, and Roberson's been having an outstanding season. So uh, we will get uh, his story coming up on the show tomorrow. We will have Brody Clark from the Edmonton Stingers between 7.30 and 8 tonight. The Stingers have won eight straight. They're 12-4 and four in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. They have a home game tomorrow at 7 at the Edmonton Expo Centre against the Fraser Valley Bandits. It's been an interesting summer for Brody, playing for the Stingers, and also he played for Canada at the FISU Games. That's the University Ad Games, so he'll share that experience too. Western Canadian Baseball League. Now, I've been updating the Edmonton prospects and their push for a playoff spot, and uh, this is dramatic. Their final road game of the regular season, they are half a game out of a playoff spot behind Fort McMurray. They beat Fort McMurray last night, So, and they're playing the Giants again this evening in Fort Mac. Then it's seven straight home games to close out uh, the regular season for the prospects. So trying to get back into the playoffs, and tonight, scoreless with Fort Mac in the bottom of the first. So pretty dramatic for them. Half a game behind Fort McMurray for the last playoff spot in the West Division. Canadian Premier League action tonight at Clark Field. 15th minute, no score. FC Edmonton taking on the Halifax Wanderers. FC Edmonton with a win, a loss, and two draws so far in the fall season. We had their coach Jeff Paulus on last night. Not quite where they want to be. But uh, still time, though. They don't want to let too many points slip away, especially while they're at home. Toronto Blue Jays have acquired 26-year-old Derek Fisher from Houston. Aaron Sanchez and Joe Biagini going the other way way in that trade. Uh, The Houston Astros get Zach Greinke adding to their rotation in a trade with the Arizona Diamondbacks for four minor leaguers. Oh, the Blue Jays, by the way, played this afternoon, finishing off a sweep of Kansas City. Bo Bichette. First career homer as the Blue Jays beat the Royals 4-1. You can text 630-630, phone number 780-496-0063. Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the window this evening is your studio operator. Kellen, old boy, how are you doing? How are you doing, Reed? I am doing great. Uh, I am doing great. 
It is nice to see you. Had a great day. I mentioned I was out at the uh, the golf tournament, the Mark Spector Golf Classic at the Quarry, mm-hmm. and uh, great to have those guys in studio. Are you working the Eskimos game Saturday, or do you get to sit there and be a fan? I get to sit there and be a fan, but yet I'm not sure. I could be heading out to the lake on Saturday. I'm still trying to figure it out uh, what I'm going to be lake, doing, but we, I will be listening be... to the game on chat if I do head out to the lake, so there we go. Could it be Sylvan Lake? Uh, Maybe. We're, we're, we're Will looking you be at looking it right into now. a venue, perhaps? Oh, for perhaps. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Ops. Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling, the Slaw. Yeah, it might be a little scouting Could we trip. Maybe scouting out possible venues. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. I look forward to that. I look forward to hearing all about that on Monday. Well, I will. I'll, I'll have to PVR the Eskimos game. I will be hitting the uh, million dollar challenge shot. Mm. I think I'm also emceeing on Saturday. Oh wow! At the Country Club for the million dollar hole in one for where it's like thirty two. Well, we're not professional golfers. I assume a lot of these golfers... I'm going to assume I'll be the 32 best golfer hitting the shot for a million dollars on Saturday. Number 32 in your program, but number one in your heart. Oh, I don't think I'm number one in anybody's heart. (laughs) Well, best of luck My parents often say I'm I'm their third favorite child, and I'm an only child. Oh. Yeah. I'm behind a couple dogs. It's really sad, Kellen. Anyway, uh... Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Dave Tippett, new head coach of your Edmonton Oilers. He's going to be an ambassador for Sports Central, for, so good for him getting involved in that. He was uh, addressing the media today after his round of golf. He was asked about watching last year's Oilers game. I have them all broken down so I can go to different games, and whether I'm looking at an individual or looking at how they played against a certain team or how players react against a certain teams. So just just lots of research. And with uh, with computer stuff now, you can just, I can go in and watch every four check that they had against Boston or whatever, you know. So you're, you're, you're just grabbing different clips of glimpses of what happened and trying to figure out what happened. And then the, the, the bigger side is trying to figure out what's going to be successful. All right, so a lot to look at for Dave Tippett, a lot of details of the team that they're going to have to work on. I asked one today with Milan Lucic gone, do you want somebody else now to be an alternate captain? you got Connor McDavid as the captain. Last year, the alternates were Nugent Hopkins, Larson, and Lucic. Lucic gone. Those three guys would rotate with the A's. What's going to happen with the third one now? Uh, we'll visit so- that when we come to camp. i got I got some thinking to do about that, but we'll all that leadership... I'm big on having a leadership core, not just the people with the letters on, but a leadership core, and that'll all come to fruition in camp. All right, so that'll be a story to follow as well. One of the biggest issues for the Oilers, of course, not just last year, but in in a lot of these non-playoff seasons, and and there have been many issues with the team, there's no doubt about that, but preventing goals. Uh, You look at last season, they scored 232, they allowed 274. That is minus 42 in the goal differential. So you're going to have to improve about half a goal per game overall just to get even. Can can Neil help offensively? Fair enough. But, I mean, it's going to be tough for Dreisaitl to get back to 50. I mean, look, the, the year the Oilers made the playoffs, 
they were plus 35 in uh, goals against. Then minus 29, and, and like I said, minus 42 last season. So Tippett was asked about cutting down the goals against. Yeah, I think there's a couple different areas. One, I think our goaltending can be better on the penalty kill. The save percentage on the penalty kill has got to be better. And I've watched a lot of the penalty kill. There were some that I thought they were doing a pretty good job but just didn't get the save at the right time. Now there's some other stuff that uh, I think some of the new personnel that we have will help some of it. I'd like to see Connor and Leon kill less this year to allow them to play more 5-on-5 and more power play, more uh, critical minutes in that stage. Now, that being said, you have to have players that can take those roles. I know Hitch used them a lot in there just because he felt like they were they did a good job for him, but I think we have some people that uh, can do that job. Jimmy Playfair is going to look after the PK. I'll, I'll have a... Uh, that's kind of been one of my things over the years is I jump into the PK as well, but he'll oversee it. Uh, I think we have some good new personnel. I think we'll have a good scheme, and it's about putting the work in and getting the job done. But the goals against is something that's a concern, and the penalty kill part of it is a big part of that goals against. Well, the Oilers' penalty kill over the last two years has stunk. I mean, there's there's no other way to put it. Bottom three in the league, uh, cost them games, costly goals late in periods. They had that stretch a couple of years ago where for about the first two-thirds of the season, they were under 60% on home ice, killing penalties. Just awful. Is it all of the goaltending? I would say no. Uh, I would say no because there's been a lot of other mistakes with the penalty killing, but the goaltender can certainly steady it. That's uh, going to be a big, a big, big story for Edmonton this season. I mean, even if you just take the power play out of the equation, and most coaches will tell you, you can survive in the NHL with a, a mediocre, below average, or maybe even a poor power play. You will you will not survive poor penalty killing for, for the most part, and it's certainly been a, a major problem for the Oilers over the last couple of seasons. Uh, the coaching staff. Tippett mentioned, you know, Jim Playfair will take some lead with the PK. They, have, uh, they were together before for several seasons with the Coyotes. Brian Wiseman on board as an assistant. Glenn Gullitson will return. Jimmy Playfer and I have been together for a long time. I really trust Jimmy. I, I thought when I talked to Kenny Holland about it, um, I think the start of the season is a big key for us. You know, when you have big changes like this, you got to be you got to be ready. And if you think you're going to be a playoff team, you got to start when the season starts. So um, I felt like if we could bring a couple people in that I'm very familiar with, there's not a break-in period, I thought it would help that transition. Along with that, they're good coaches. Like Jimmy Playfair is a good coach. He's got good experience. And not to say the guys that left weren't good coaches, but just I'm comfortable with them. They're comfortable with me the way I like to do things. Um, I I actually uh, crossed paths a little bit with Glenn Gullickson in Dallas when I was leaving there. Uh, he was just coming on. He was a minor league coach, so I've known Glenny for a long time. Uh, he's a good coach, and talking to our players, they uh, they thought he did a real good job with the power play last year. That was one of the real high points of, of the team is uh, Connor and Leon, that group, really trusted what he was doing. And then I was looking for the, the eye in the sky guy. I was looking for somebody that had a real creativity about them. Uh, I talked to a lot of different people. I kept coming back to Brian Wiseman. And Brian was a player that I had in Houston, was the MVP of uh, the International League. Small in stature, but phenomenal skill and phenomenal smarts. He's gone on to have a good coaching career. He does a great job with young players. He does a great job with skill development. So he's uh, he's really excited to get there. I, was, I'm not, I wasn't sure if he, I could get him out of Michigan. 
but the more I talked to him, the, the more he was excited to come in here and work with the players we have. Uh, he's going to do a lot of the skill development. He'll do a lot of, I'm going to focus him on another area I think we have to improve on his face-offs. Uh, not just the face-off itself, but how you react on either side. Brian's going to do a lot of work in that area for us. So um, he, he's a good addition to our staff. Uh, Dustin Schwartz, uh, talked to him, really impressed with uh, with talking to him. and really enjoyed working with him. I've talked to Schmidty about him already. Schmidty and Schwartz have been in contact already. So it's I think that's going to be a good fit. So I, I'm really enthused about our staff right now. It's a, it's a good staff. Like I said, I wanted to be cohesive from the start, and I feel like we're there already. All right, a little bit there from Dave Tippett speaking today at the Quarry as uh, Mark Spector hosted his golf classic, All the Benefits Sport Central. FC Edmonton with a goal from Easton Ongaro. And they lead the Halifax Wanderers 1-0. Canadian Premier League action at Clark Field now into the 25th minute. Edmonton prospects in Fort McMurray. That game's still scoreless now into the top of the second. Edmonton Stingers play tomorrow. We're going to hear from Brody Clark in the next half hour of the show. A little bit from Dave Tippett as well. If you missed the trade in the CFL, Zach Kolaris to Toronto. Saskatchewan gets a conditional fourth-round pick in 2020. Uh, no word yet if Kolaris has been cleared to play. Obviously, he suffered a pretty bad head injury earlier in the season. Greg Ellingson not expected to play for the Eskimos on Saturday against Calgary. Kevin Elliott looked for him to come into the receiving court. We're back after the 7.30 news. Inside Sports on 6.30 Chen. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 6.30 Chen. Something that I, uh, like they, it's unexplained. It's an unexplained understood thing. You know what I'm saying? Like so you know, when I first signed here, I wanted to know who we, who our rivals were and Calgary, and they're right down the street, so that's what we're going to do. So who was your greatest rival in your college day? College? Uh, I have two. So, well, one in high school, one in college. So high school, it was Hinsdale Central High School. Right. Played for the bucket, and then I, we got our, our territory game in college, which is B.C., um, I can't stand either one of them schools <laughs> still to this day. You know, I, I hate them. Like, I, I go back home. When I was back home, when I got cut from the Redskins, um, uh, I, went, I walked the hallways of my high school, and if you're wearing red on those days, <laughs> you're going to get a mouthful. You know, you, you definitely, I don't, I don't like that. It's just how I am. I, I'm buying the rivalries off the bat. And, um, you know, as long as I'm playing for this team in Edmonton, I'm part of this organization, me and Calgary will not get along. It's all fine. You know, it adds a little, a little oomph to the week. You yeah. know, a little little bit more more seriousness, a little bit more fun, a little bit more excitement, you know, to the locker room. So it's, it's awesome. And I don't know how they feel about us, but I know how I feel about them. If you like sports, you love rivalries. Yeah. It's just like, it's just extra juice. You know, it's, it doesn't matter the weather. It doesn't matter anything. You know, a rivalry game, you're going to have a nice stadium. It's going to be loud. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting, electric. I mean, they got a good organization over there, and so do we. So it's going to be a ball game. It's going to be a lot of action, a lot of popping, a lot of wolf tickets being sold. And, you know, you, you know, I'm going to be talking my talk and, and walking my walk. That's how that's going to go. And, you know, one of my college teammates is over there, so it's going to be a fun time. He's ready to go. Vontae Diggs from your Edmonton Eskimos. They take on Calgary on Saturday. 3.30 countdown to kickoff right here on 6.30, Chad. That game will start at 5. Vontae Diggs having a pretty good season for the green and gold. 
And he says, uh, yeah, I want to be part of a team, an Eskimos team that becomes the, the best in the CFL. We're, we're definitely a standard. Yeah. We consider ourselves a standard. We tell each all the time, we are the standard of this league. I, I mean, you can talk about what happened in the last 10 years all you want, but it's this year. I don't care about what happened before. It don't matter because at the end of the day, they got a new team. We got a new team. You know what I'm saying? They might have some of the same guys, but no team is ever the same. Sometimes week from week, the team is never the same. So it don't matter about last year or the last 10 years, or the last 100 years or whatever, or even next year. It was about right now this week, and they got to play us at that field. Monte Diggs, number 43 of the 2019 Edmonton Eskimos. Sir, you are ready for the Battle of Alberta. Absolutely. I'm ready. I'm ready. We can go down there and play right now. I'm ready to, I'm ready to strike some stuff and have some good time down there, and let's have a good time. We, and we're going to keep Quick Six, and, that, and he ain't, we, we don't like him no more either. You learned about Quick Six. Oh, I, really, I love it. I, I'm here. All right. Rivalries are rivalries. I want to know any and everything. <laughs> this is so exciting for me. I love it. You know, The fact that I get to play in this game, it, it's going to be a fun time for me. I'm have a blast. You gotta love it. Vontae Diggs knows the name of the Calgary Stampeders touchdown horse. I, I'm comfortable saying this, the most hated horse in Northern Alberta. I seen too much of that horse last year at the Grey Cup. Don't want to see it anymore. Did they bring the horse? They did, yeah. Didn't they? Wasn't he not allowed to run or something like that? No, they. He was allowed to run on the uh, the North End Zone. Did you go to the game? I yeah. Well, the horse was right in front of me at the game. Yeah. That's offensive. I saw it. Uh, too much of the horse running back. Game. Too much of that horse. You know what you should? It's too bad at that point we didn't have all of Letterman's old canned hams. You could have thrown a canned ham at the horse. Right. I'm not, look, PETA, leave me alone. It's it's specifically aimed at the Calgary Stampeders horse, not horses in general. If if they had an iguana as their mascot, Kellen would have thrown the canned ham at the iguana. Exactly. Yeah. It's just because it was the Stampeders. It's a great cup. All bets are off. If they had a lumberjack as their mascot, you would have thrown the... The the mask the hand ham at the lumberjack at the lumberjack like I think Ottawa they were on does. the opposite end but anyway I can't remember yeah but you don't hate Ottawa like you no. hate the Stampeders yeah it's it's a Calgary intolerance it's not an intolerance of that human being or animal ABC anybody but Calgary that's truly your motto that's truly your motto we could just have a whole bunch of bad guys a bunch of heels from Calgary in the slaw there we go yeah really divide the province. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a great idea. You can text 630-630, our phone number is 780-496-0063. Uh, this was uh, sent in after our interview with Eskimos offensive lineman Travis Bond and David Beard. Keep eating, boys. O-line is huge. Pardon the pun. Could have been Gene Principe texting that in. No, probably not. Gene emceed the banquet today. Gene emceed the banquet today at the Mark Spector Golf Classic. So Gene gets up there to the podium, to the microphone, and says, uh, hey, I don't know if everybody in the back can tell, but I'm just going to apologize if you, if you can't quite see my shirt. I was looking around for a shirt to wear this morning, and I, I couldn't find a, a one that looked great. This one's actually quite wrinkled because I couldn't find an iron, and he holds up a golf club that's an iron. Oh, he's in mid-season form already? Well, I think he's in mid-off-season form. Oh, okay. Gene Prince-Pay. I think he's building up towards the form of actually being in season. But uh, I love Gene Prince-Pay. Saw Jack Michaels today. He trash-talked me. <laughs> Saw Why Bob Stoffer today. Bob Stoffer walked by me and said, See you, Reed, and walked away. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that, was, that was my conversation with Bob. Uh, Colton Pareko. Colton Pareko was in the group ahead of us. Colton Pareko may be coming in to do inside sports next week. The Stanley Cup will not be here. It was already here. That's all right. Well, not at Chad. It was already in Edmonton. Yeah. 
Well, you had a big to-do up in St. Albert with the cup. Uh, Jake DeBrusque was there, uh, Tyler Benson, uh, who else? Nick Holden, Sam Steele, Louis DeBrusque, uh, Mike Civic was there. So a, a lot of cool people in the hockey world. A lot of awesome people to golf with. I, I will tell you this. Uh, I had a fun crew in my group. I got with uh, Mike Newfeld from uh, CRC Evans, whose brother BJ is a Briar champion. So that's pretty cool. Mm. Mark Walker and Doug Barker from Park de Rocher. I go, I'm going to say this about Doug Barker. If you've ever golfed with this gentleman, I don't know if you have or not. This guy's craftsmanship on the course, his cleverness in using angles, using the contour of the land, second to none. I mean, you might think he's aiming in the rough and he'll hit the rough, but it's because he knows the contours. He knows the contours. He knows how it's going to hit, how it's going to bounce, how it's going to roll. He knows the spot to hit the rough and get it to roll into the fairway. That's a very valuable skill to have. Fun group. was awesome to play with those guys today. Hey, uh, tomorrow at this time, we'll be doing Inside Sports, and if you're not at the Edmonton Stingers game, we will be updating you on the score as they are going for their ninth consecutive victory. They're going to be taking on the Fraser Valley Bandits. And from the Stingers, please welcome back to the show, Brody Clark. Brody, how are you doing? I'm good, Reed. Thanks for having me on. It is great to talk to you again, man. We do this a few times during uh, school season, but we get to chat a little hoops in the summer here. So uh, fun to have you on the show. Home game for the Edmonton Stingers tomorrow. Man, you guys are rolling. This must be a pretty fun time for the team to be together and, and playing through the end of the regular season here. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. I mean, the guys have been able to put together a pretty good run here. I'm happy to be on the back end of it now that they're uh, back in Edmonton, and I'm back in Edmonton. And uh, it's been it's been a good month. Everybody's playing hard and believing in each other, and we've won a couple games. So hopefully, we can keep the ball rolling here. All right. Well, and we'll we'll talk about what else you've been doing this summer because uh, because you've been a busy guy. But uh, just in terms of the the confidence you you sense with the team, I mean, they, they were four and four, and now now they're twelve and four. And, and every athlete tells me confidence means at least something, sometimes a, a lot to uh, to team success. So, what do you sense from that? Uh, yeah, and that's I think that's a big part of it right now. I think that guys are confident in the roles that they're uh, they're taking on with the team, and uh, everybody's starting to sort of fit into the puzzle one way or another. And um, you know, we we all have confidence in one another and what we're supposed to be doing out there. I mean, I, I step on the floor and I'm confident in myself out there. I know a lot of the guys have a lot of confidence in themselves, and then just you know, just exuding that towards the rest of the guys on the team and uh, trying to be as um, you know, as cohesive as possible on the court has been really, really helpful for us. So hopefully we can, again, keep that trend going upwards and just continue to be confident in the fact that we're winning some games. Uh, we talked yesterday as a team and talked about sort of changing from being the, the hunters uh, to becoming the hunted now that we're out in, in the lead with the league here. So I don't know. It's a, it's a bit of an adjustment for us, and we're going to have to tweak some things going into tomorrow's game. But uh, it's an exciting time for sure. Well, and a lot going on with you, and I'm hoping you can tell everybody just a little bit about you being on this team because you are a Golden Bear, but each team can can have a U Sports player on the team, and in this case, that is you. I'm wondering if you can just take me through this opportunity presenting itself and your decision to join the Stingers for the summer. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really awesome. There's actually two of us who are kind of alternating games. It's myself and Narcisse Ambanza from Winnipeg. Um so we're both we're both getting the opportunity to be the the U Sports guys on the team for developmental purposes, and it's worked really well. I mean, even even if we're not getting the the most minutes in the games or whatever that the case may be with that, I mean, 
practicing against pros every day is something that doesn't come around so often in a university career and usually I spend my summers out here anyways just uh, training with Barnaby training with uh, Jordan whatever I can do to get better that way so this is a, a kind of a fresh opportunity for me and I knew I'd be in Edmonton anyways so it was a pretty pretty easy decision to be made that I'd, st- I'd play for the team and uh, just develop my game that way. Brody, you mentioned you, you haven't been with the team through the entire winning streak, and that's because you were you were playing for Team Canada at the FISU games where uh, close loss in the quarterfinals derailed you guys a little bit after a really good round robin, but uh, always uh, a thrill for any athlete to represent Canada. Tell me a little bit about that, that tournament. A, a lot of talk about Canadian basketball with you know the Raptors, who I know aren't Canadian players, but that getting people excited. A lot of guys drafted into the NBA. Did you just sense that energy sort of wearing wearing the Maple Leaf at that tournament? Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know what? It's been a really exciting summer for basketball in Canada um, with everything from the Raptors winning it all to uh, the CEBL being in its inaugural season. And then, you know, that kind of excitement and hype carried over, obviously, for us uh, players going out to represent Canada at the Fichu Games was um, – an absolutely amazing experience. It's one of those things that doesn't come around very often, and uh, most most cases, once in a lifetime experience. And second largest uh, multi-sport games to the Olympics, so that was a really cool thing to be a part of. Um, you know, just getting to walk into that that opening ceremonies with the entire uh, Canadian contingent was, uh, you know. I, I don't even there there are no words to describe what it what it feels like to be able to do that and wearing Canada on your chest the whole time is uh, extremely exciting. So I I it was a I was full of emotions for the whole two weeks that I was out there. I mean, obviously it sucked to lose that game to Ukraine. We thought that we could have won it. Um, we thought that we could have uh, done done a little bit better and placed a little higher in the tournament, but. You know, it was. There's so many things to take away from the experience that it's really hard to shine a, a not to not shine a positive light on it. Pardon me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Uh, really good group of teammates that I had. Really good group of coaches. And overall, I mean, I don't know when else I'm going to get back to Napoli, Italy, but uh, it's checked off the bucket list at this point. So it was. Uh, it was an amazing few weeks. Well, that, that, that's pretty cool. And, and I just want to follow up on the whole angle about Canadian basketball. And you mentioned the game to Ukraine, 82-80. They just edged you in the quarterfinals. You had to go to the, the relegation side, or not the relegation, the consolation side of the draw, beat Argentina, then a, then a loss to Germany. So Canada officially placed sixth. I mean, right. I, I feel like that maybe 20 years ago a sixth place finish for Canadian basketball would have been like hey we did pretty good I, I think the standards are raised though is and, I, and I'm not trying to you know again I'm not downplaying what you guys did but I'm feeling like yeah like that's where we should be we should be a favorite going into quarterfinal matches we should be shooting for top five podium finishes I, I feel like we're at that point now with Canadian basketball Absolutely, and you know, for for us, it was uh, we came off um, sweeping our pool. We knocked off Germany in a game where we played incredible basketball that second half, and uh, we had a lot of energy coming into the quarterfinal round. And uh, it showed at the start of the game, and we had a, a pretty good hold on the game for a good part of the first half. And then going into halftime, they hit a couple shots. The momentum kind of swung, and we weren't able to sustain our our good play and for about a five minute stretch there in the set in the third quarter to start the half and that really was what 
change the tide of the game. And absolutely, we had very high expectations for ourselves. I think once we got the ball rolling out there and we won our first couple of games, we, we really had our eyes set on gold. And it was it was definitely disappointing that we weren't able to come through with that. Um, but again, like, how do you... How do you discount an experience representing your country, regardless of where you finished? I mean, it sucks that you don't get to come out of it with a gold medal, but at the same time, um, incredibly humbling experience. Uh, very, very uh, memorable. I made some lifelong friends on that trip, so I'm just, I'm excited. I was excited to be a part of it, and I'm, you know, excited for the next opportunity. Brody Clark joining us on Inside Sports from your Edmonton Stingers. They will host Fraser Valley tomorrow at 7 at the Expo Centre. The Stingers have won eight in a row to get their record up to 12-4. and four. Uh, And you're, you're a busy guy playing for the Stingers. You just talked about representing Canada, and, and you're working as many hours as you can as well. What, what are you up to? Uh, yeah, it's a uh, super busy summer for me. I'm I'm playing for the Stingers as well as I got a full-time job here in Edmonton, actually. I'm... Uh, working for a real estate development firm downtown called One Properties. Uh, so I'm doing my internship with them just to get a little bit of business experience here. And uh, we're playing for Edmonton, had to take off for those three weeks to play with Fishu. So uh, pretty much gone every day from 7 a.m. till 7 or 8 p.m. And, uh, you know, I love it. It's a good busy to have. Uh, I could be doing a lot less productive things with my summers. So... I'll take it. It's it's, it's uh, all positives for me. All right. And Fraser Valley tomorrow, they're not having a great year, but give us a couple keys to stretching it to nine wins in a row tomorrow night. I think, you know, the main key is exactly what you just said. They're not having a great year, but that doesn't give us any reason to take our foot off the gas. We have to make sure that we come with the same focus that we've come with for the past nine games and or eight games, I guess, have been on this winning streak. So, um, yeah, that's that's going to be huge for us. Making sure that we keep our composure, making sure that we stay focused, because they're obviously they don't they're going to play like they have nothing to lose. And um, like I said, we're the hunted now. So being at the front of the pack, we want to stay at the front of the pack. And it's gonna it's gonna really come down to just uh, how tough we can be in that kind of a moment. Um, and then also we we have to make sure that we rebound and defend. They're talented and they're tall. And uh, if we can make sure we defend the ball well and make sure that we rebound. Uh, I guess aggressively, then it should be should be able to turn in our favor. Well, I wish you all the best, Brody, and it's it's always great to have you on the show. Uh, you represent the Bears very well. You're representing the Stingers very well, and uh, you're always great to talk to. So, all the best tomorrow, and thanks for filling everybody in on a on a very busy and fun summer. <laughs> thanks, Reed. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. That is Brody Clark from your Edmonton Stingers, one of the uh, more interesting young men to talk to for sure, and the Stingers tomorrow at 7, taking on the Fraser Valley Bandits. They're 12-4, 20-game season, and uh, they're up there tied for first place with the Niagara River. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So hopefully they can get sole possession of that. There's going to be a season-ending tournament in Saskatoon in August. That's how the playoffs will work there. Okay, we will take a quick timeout. It is 7.51 Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. 
Hi, this is Greg Ellingson of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Shed. And unfortunately, Greg Ellingson not expected to play on Saturday against the Stampeders. Kevin Elliott taking his spot in the lineup. Defensive back Josh Johnson also likely out. Nick Taylor will slide in for the green and gold. Pat, uh, I've had some questions uh, asking me uh, over the last week or so about the third hole at Athabasca. Last Thursday, as you know, Kellen, I went and played the Athabasca golf course, drove mm-hmm. up there with a couple of friends. And when I said I was going, I had a lot of listeners saying the third hole. That's the, an incredible hole. So we started on the back nine, so it was our 12th hole that day. It, the, the weather was actually pretty good. It was a little rainy the first couple of holes, but no wind, just sort of one of those you know, overcast days. Yeah. I guess I had to wear long sleeves for most of the round, but, but not bad. The third hole is this incredibly, and I, I got a photo on my, my Twitter account from last week, just an incredibly dramatic downhill drop to the hole. So we were using, uh, I think we were playing the silver-blue combo tees. If it, if, if it was me by myself, I would have played the silver because I ain't very good. I think my buddies would have played the blues, so we, we kind of compromised. They, they bo- they're both quite a bit better than me, especially my, my one friend. They both said that it, you know, it's a, it's a challenging course. you got to be proof. I mean, accuracy is important in golf, but I, I think even more so on some holes at Athabasca. So you have this downhill hole. So it was playing 198 yards, and it, 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 is, it is a significant drop down to the green. And there's kind of a... a you know, some rough in front of the green and then sort of a waste area in front of that. I don't think there's actually a creek, but a lot of a lot of tall grass. So I hit first, and I club down one club from what I would usually hit. And I... It was the rare occasion. <laughs> I made good contact on the ball, and we're watching the ball goal, and one of us says, oh, I might be a little long, and then a second later, you hear the ball crash into the trees behind the green. So I, I got a hold of it, and then the, the downhill added even more distance than I thought. Uh, they both hit. I think one one guy was on the green. The other guy might have just missed a little bit to the right. And there's not a lot of, to miss on that hole. So, but we were there weren't in, there was nobody else that we could see on the course. There were probably other people out there, but we didn't see anybody all day. I think the, the weather initially in the morning kept some people away. So my buddies say, well, why, why don't you hit another one? And we somebody texted in last week and said you got to hit more than one on that hole if you can. So I clubbed down. Then I clubbed down two more because I I was well over the green on that first shot. Uh, so I, I didn't get all of this next one and it wound, it landed short and rolled back a little bit and was right on the edge of that tall grass in, in the waste area. So I play that ball. Uh, so I hit my pitching wedge. I chip it up in the air. The ball rolls towards the hole and lips out. <laughs> so I kind of had an interesting experience. I hit a good shot that turned out to be way too much club and then I came up short and, and then almost uh, almost chipped in, and it was in, in gimme rage. My score wasn't – I was not having a good round, so my score was not significant. But my my friends insisted that I write down a par because they said I was the, the guinea pig on the first shot and uh, the sacrificial lamb, so to speak. And where could I obtain such an animal? I think that's a line from The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, so they said, don't count your first ball because you showed the way for us. We didn't know exactly how the yardage was going to play. But an absolutely incredible hole. That was worth the drive to Athabasca for sure. All right.
Thanks a lot for uh, tuning in tonight. It was great to have Travis Bond and David Beard in studio. Eskimo Stamps, 5 o'clock game on Saturday. Our coverage on 6.30, Chad, will start at 3.30. You also heard a little bit from Eskimos, uh, from Oilers head coach Dave Tippett, and we had Brody Clark from the Stingers on the show as well. Halftime at Clark, FC Edmonton up 1-0 on Halifax. Western Canadian Baseball League, bottom of the third. Prospects trailing Fort McMurray 1-0. If the prospects win that game, they would leapfrog Fort McMurray into the final playoff spot in the West Division, and uh, the prospects will close out the regular season with seven consecutive home games. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, Kellen Kennedy, your studio operator this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.